All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now with the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. everybody welcome to another installment of innovation crush uh my name is chris denson i'm the host um and i also have a guest co-host today by the name of diana williams say hello diana hello diana oh there you go she's so so literal um and tell them a little bit about yourself diana is like um a a whiz kid of sorts every time i talk to her she's got something really amazing going on and i thought she'd be a really good asset to the innovation crush family just at least just for a uh an Andy Richter kind of role. <laughs> Just do your Ed McMahon go, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, the, the elevator version. Elevator version. Uh, I am a content strategist as well as a traditional film producer. I am currently creating the whole strategy for a IP we're very well aware of that you'll be will be coming Ooh. to a theater near you over the next 10 years. Ah, if there th- if theaters are still around in the if next 10 years. If they're still around, digital, however we look at it, but you know, there'll be quite a few episodes that will be happening. Are you, are you, are you is this still clandestine or can you actually say drop 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 a name bomb? Can't drop any name bombs. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm under a 50, Sorry, I was drinking water. 50,000 page NDA. 50,000 page NDA. That's, that's, all, it was all in Latin. It was biblical. Clear. Yes. Um, and uh, in case you guys don't know yet, this show is kind of focused on uh, best ideas, best thinking, best innovators that are out there in the world today, um, especially with a skew towards marketing and branding, but also really awesome products and processes and, you know, uh, things that, that kind of fill our, our musing um, appetite. So uh, across from me today is a guy by the name of Kelly Vaught. You also want to say hello, Kelly? Don't be literal, though. Just say hello. <laughs> there you go. Good. See how easy that was, Diana? Okay, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I was going to say hello, Diane, but I was already taken. Oh, uh, yeah, that was that was taken. You can say goodbye to Sean. He's going to walk out right now. Is that bad already, Sean? <laughs> yep. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, who Kelly Vaught is, what you bring to the world, what, what you know, who you are and what you do. Uh, well, I'm a high school dropout for starters, so I have that going. Uh, the show's over. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who kind of stumbled into uh, the career I'm in right now. Um, took a fascination through art and interest in signs and lettering at a young age and kind of fell into the world of corporate identity as a career, branding, signage, etc. And uh, after a number of years, got kind of burnt out uh, under the advice of a good friend, just threw it out to the universe, uh, a kind of a random sort of what's out there? What do I want to do? I wasn't really sure what I want to do with my career and stumbled across my business partner, Mark Billick, who ran this little marketing agency called B Corps out of his garage of his house. And uh, it just it just interested me, the idea of marketing through what he was doing, which was called experiential marketing at the time. 
<clears throat> and uh, had no background with it, but was just fascinated with that concept and loved the thought of being 40 years old and jumping into a whole new career and seeing what could be done with it. <laughs> That's honestly. awesome. I was mm-hmm. fortunately financially able, uh, not that I'm wealthy by any stretch, but I was able to sort of step off the cliff and try something new. And, uh, and you uh, did not life, go splat, apparently. You're I here. didn't. No, no. I landed, landed on my feet and uh, found a whole new career path and uh, opened up a whole new world of amazing and a interesting things. A whole new world. <laughs> Um, th- so that's awesome. So t- where does the name B Core come from? Well, it, you know, it, it was named by my business partner before I got there. But basically what it stems from is uh, this company sort of had its roots in action sports, producing events and what at the time was called extreme sports. But it was consisted of, it was comprised of a group of guys that were core, meaning um, part of the scene, athletes who really did skate and surf and ride BMX and so forth. Uh, and then you had all these kind of brands and people trying to jump on that bandwagon, trying right. to look like, mm-hmm. hey, we're the crazy new cool kid doing this, that, and the other. But do if you really do. skated or surfed, you <laughs> saw it and you're like, hey, yo, no one would ever do that. You right. Know, that's that's kind of whack. So it, it had to do with authenticity. Nice. So, yeah, and uh, authenticity is I'm definitely at the center. I'm glad I didn't even know that about the name of the brand, you know, the name of your set of uh, your company. But, um, you know, what kind of uh, in that realm of authenticity and really representing the core of a brand or the core of a movement, what um, what service sets do you guys provide, you know, in, in the to your clients? So, uh you know, the, the fundamental services that we provide range from logistics and staffing and event execution and production. Sort of that's our core competency where we kind of got off the ground. That's your B core. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and my business partner comes from the restaurant industry. He managed the Cheesecake Factory over here in Marina Del Rey back in the day. So he's very service oriented and, and, and about systems, right? Right. Uh, which I. Uh, as I said, I'm a high school dropout musician. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm not organized. Did you bring an instrument with you today? <laughs> I, I did actually. It's in my truck. Uh, nice. Uh, what is it? It's a guitar. Okay. So what we what he brings to the table is, you know, just think of everything. Be organized. Check it off your list. Even if you've done it a thousand times in a row, it's still on your list, and you still look at it and say, "Hey, did I take a breath? Did I get up? You know, whatever." He's very literal about that. So we. You know, what we bring to the table is just thinking of everything, a dedication, a commitment to the fundamentals. It kind of reminds me of the way that the great UCLA basketball mm-hmm. coach, John Wooden, yep. when you hear Bill Walton talk about him, what did he talk about? He talked about tying your shoes, you know? I mean, just the basics, the fundamentals of discipline and routine and the simple things that were really necessary. So that's the that leads to a very solid foundation. From that, uh, good ideas come from a variety of places. And uh, our group of individuals don't come from a marketing world or marketing schools. You know, one guy was met restaurant manager. You know, I'm a musician. One of our other guys is a musician. One girl was a Disney character in Tokyo Disneyland. <laughs> so, you know, it's a great assembly of like just characters. It's in, an entourage of, 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 of uh, interesting personalities and, and a lot of artists. So, so anything is on the table, right? right. When, a, when a brand comes to us or a client comes to us with an objective, first thing we try to do is identify the objective. Do they really know what their objective is? Right. Sometimes it's pretty simple. We're launching a new product. We want to get the word out. Um, sometimes it's we're a brand who wants to reemerge as something else. And so we want to reinvent ourselves or appeal to a newer consumer, whatever so, those challenges 
bizarre. So, so, I mean, that's really interesting just in terms of the culture of creativity you've assembled inside the agency. Like, most agencies really, get, like, there's an account director, and they've been an account director on such and such, and then there's, a, you know, a group director. and such. But, like, you've kind of, it almost sounds like you've assembled this oddball, you know, group of, of specialists or just... Uh, I think it's a special group of oddballs. Right. Like that, that but yeah. We, you know, people come to the table. I, I've always led my life with attitude over aptitude. Uh, eight, you know, 90-10. If you've got a good attitude, you can pick up the skill set to do whatever needs to be done. Right. Uh, in my humble opinion. So we start with that. So we have people with good energy, good desire, want to be there uh, in the mix. And then the other stuff you can kind of teach. All right. So so with you in particular, like what is the Kelly Vaught personal brand like what do you bring to the table from more of a i guess more of a philosophical standpoint you know what do you bring to this operation like your partner's a obviously very organized and systematic and you know what is how do you see the world so i guess i bring a little bit of a different uh right side brain to left side brain maybe if that's even still uh, applicable i read an article the other day yeah, so that may not be right yeah. my brain has been uh, that was done as by well. a left brain person for sure uh, <laughs> So I bring the, I try and always approach every pro, uh, process as a consumer, not as a marketer. First and foremost, I'm like, okay, uh, I like to wear shirts. What's a shirt stand for? Or I like to drink a beverage or I like to play a sport or listen to music. So, so I try and find about what is it about it that, that, that is real and, and that's important uh, and, and make sure that that's woven into whatever our storytelling is. We have a lot of technology at our fingertips these days and interesting ways of doing storytelling. But I think uh, I recently read Kevin Spacey talking about you know the, the paradigm shift and in, 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 in consumption of entertainment. It, at the end of the day, it's all about the story. A good story mm-hmm. is a good story. And it doesn't need to be told the way TV does it necessarily only right. or, or movies or whatever structure it is. A good story is what people want. So I try and bring that to the table. What's our story? Is it authentic? How are we telling it? Can it all be kind of crafted by the whole team? Yeah. And, and Diana comes from a storytelling background just in terms of, you know, integrating a lot of the marketing tactics. I think there's a lot of tactics that are similar in, t- in terms of how brands reach an audience and how entertainment properties reach an audience. And it's all sort of that transmedia storytelling aspect. Like they're, everything's multi-pronged. Yeah. It's also what's going to hook your audience and what's going to engage your audience. And no matter what we're talking about, there's always going to be some kind of a story, whether it's slim or whether it's a huge story, it is always going to be that's what pulls your audience in. And once you have them, you can pull them into other areas but you have to first drag them in there yeah i agree and in in the field i play in which oftentimes is maybe at a festival or an event or a a sporting event or a music festival whatever that is you're um, in the sea of of competition i mean there every brand in the world is vying for your attention with the internet you know introduction of the internet uh we have everything at our fingertips at all times, so so only the best will rise to the top. Nobody takes the, nobody has time. Ain't nobody got no time to. Ain't <laughs> nobody got time for that, know? right? So be good. Bring it to the table, and it'll rise to the top because the attention span is so short. Um, yeah. You can't afford to, to to miss the opportunity. Um, so you know, kind of walking through the halls of of your uh, facility, which is an awesome place. Like uh, you know, it's downtown. It's loft. It's part. You know, it's like a Swiss Army knife of creativity. There's, it houses an art gallery. It is a, there's some beer being made in the back. There's people building stuff. I mean, you got. I think you even have like a technology team that builds software and things like that. So, got a little bit of everything. Yeah, how like 
part of the problem, not, not necessarily a problem, but especially when you go and talk to uh, a client, right? Uh, most agencies are specialists. You're the social media agency or you're, you're the experiential agency or you're the content agency. How do you maintain that diverse set of offerings and how do you present that to a client in a way that makes it feel like, okay, we still have the right group? Right? Well, I, you know, we, we've changed. We started out as Mark when he first interviewed me, we were in his garage, uh, literally, of his house over off of Melrose. He wasn't making meth, was he? he wasn't <laughs> no. Okay. No, I wouldn't want... be here right now. I'd be retired, <laughs> uh, according to the TV show. Um, so we started off by just being guys who had access to the best. So, hey, you wanted to build a custom vehicle that looked really cr- crazy. Okay, I know three or four cats that do that. I don't do it. I'm not going to start a vehicle manufacturing company or you need brand ambassadors. I'm not going to f- hire a thousand people and have this big staff. So we always became uh, a source for all the different elements, almost like a director. Or, so you were like the hub right, almost. Exactly. Yeah. And so then as, as we started doing more and more of a thing, we said, well, heck, let's just bring someone on full-time to do, because we're getting asked to do a lot of this a lot of the time. So we'll bring that person in and, and do that. And so one became two, became four, and we currently have 30 people, and I have the ability to expand to 60. So we still kind of do a little of that. There are some things I don't do in-house, but I have, as the need arise and the, and, and the, the demand was there, started putting people in and say, okay, now I got a social media person to start with doing some of our own social media and some of our clients. Right. Uh, where that will go, I want to keep it slim so my cost to keep my overhead down, which is good for the client, good for me, and um, you know whatever the trend is, if it yeah. dictates, then we'll we'll bring that in and make that a permanent part. So that's why we have these little pieces here and there. But yeah, I mean, but when you're in the room, right? You know, I can see you talking to like a name a client, pop quiz, uh, Red Bull. Okay, so you're in the <laughs> you're in a room talking to Red Bull, right? And and they want to do X. Like, do they come to you with the request for a specific service? They may know you already, obviously. But, you know, if it's a little bit more of a colder conversation, it almost sounds like, the, yeah, we can do that. You know, and that, that's, I, f- I find that's usually a hurdle agencies like yours have to get over from, you know, your own internal messaging to your, your B2B messaging, right? Yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you get around that? Well, it, it, it takes a little bit of uh, humility and you, you have to sort of stop yourself. Uh, everybody wants to do everything right. in the agency world, it seems like, right? Because a lot of people are chasing the dollar. We don't chase the dollar per se. We're chasing the idea. I mean, we started just because we love, you know, we started in action sports because we loved action sports. It's a fun place to play and it was cool stuff. And then that was even before a lot of the big brands started playing in that field. Now, right. now that's a whole other conversation where brands intersecting with music and, and sports you know corporations run the country they run the everything that's happening so I'll save that for another conversation so <laughs> we try to not not to say we can do everything but what what do you need done what's the over you know the holistic look at this thing from a 360 degree angle you got media and you got advertising over here and, and, and television commercials but then you got experiential or digital so what's the big story all together? Sometimes they have a specific ask. They say, hey, we want you to fulfill this. Can it be done? Can you do it? Other times it's like, hey, we're trying to do something. What do you think? So we'll go anywhere from creating the concept to just fulfilling the concept to saying, hey, you know what? You should call Chris over at so-and-so. He can really help yeah, you out. you should now. call me. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> hear that? I have his uh, number. There we go. I'm at Densonology on Twitter. Um, no, so, and, and does beer come with every, does it help close the sale since you guys make it in-house so we have to stop drinking it first and, and start <laughs> offering it that's the biggest obstacle uh right now we're in the process of getting a lot of uh finding out a lot that we there's a lot that we know that we don't know 
Is that right? Yep. Yes. <laughs> so we're, we're the only we're, thing we know is that we know nothing. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we're, we're we're getting a lot of the licenses and, and making sure that everything. So start off as a passion project, doing right. some little fun stuff, giving it to clients. And as we have our galleries, it's a home brew, and just for the law, we're we're abiding by the law. We're just we're not selling it or doing anything out uh, uh, outside that. But we are sharing it. It's a good pro. It's a good. It's a good way for us to build our own brand. And I share that story with our clients. Look, I've got a brand I'm bringing to market too. So the the same uh, protocols that I'm suggesting you follow, we're doing too. And it's a little bit of an incubator. I can see what works and what doesn't. The second side is a lot of people like craft beer, and it's a pretty damn good one, if I may say so. New Vaudeville Brew Company. New uh, Vaudeville? New Vaudeville. Shameless plug, but go ahead. Just say it it one more time. Really, (laughs) New Vaudeville Brew. (laughs) You know, I feel like what we do in marketing is a little bit like a modern day version of Vaudeville, right? Just a variety of acts out there, just doing anything and everything to get people's attention and entertain. That's kind of at the end of the day what we're doing as well. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so let's talk about B Core in action, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that kind of blew me away, and I've only heard, you know, one phrase, but I want you to kind of expand on it, is this idea that you built a skate park on a barge in New York. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, that's pretty hefty. Right, Diana? That sounds like a lot of management there <laughs> and a lot of permits. A lot. You hit the nail right on the She's head a producer. There. I'm telling yes. you. <laughs> permits, challenges for Homeland Security, Coast yep. Guard, Port Authority, unions, several of those. Uh, insurance writer. That insurance, insane. <laughs> and then, and then you know, in, in the wake of Hurricane Sandy, you know, we wanted to. So to back up, Nike wanted to build the skate park on a, on a barge and float it from Manhattan over to Brooklyn, let pros skate out, let the community come out, celebrate Go Skateboarding Day. Um, it was comprised of uh, skate spots throughout, iconic skate spots throughout New York, many of them which aren't even available, available to skate on anymore because the city comes in and puts steel on them to kind of discourage skating. So we recreated a lot of these old skate spots and let people kind of relive at the Brooklyn banks and whatnot. So, so that was sort of the concept. Finding a barge... And then uh, allowing them to let you use it to build what? A skate park. Uh, then <laughs> no. the permits. Then finding out halfway through that one barge isn't going to work. We have to switch it to another one. All within a, a matter of weeks. It was probably the most difficult job That's, from a logistical yeah. standpoint I've ever done, but certainly one of the most rewarding. Very, very cool. So, uh, so how did it go? Was I mean, was it just a day long thing? Like, what, you so know, what, we, what were some of the results? And, and yeah. We got some uh, beautiful-looking parks, so some great visuals. We had some pros come out and skate and got some content, some video, and just a little bit of a VIP kind of media thing on the Thursday, Friday, go skate day. Uh, kids were skating at various spots throughout the city, skating from one park to another to another, and that culminated with the rival at uh, Pier 88 right next to the uh, Enterprise, I think it is. Uh, and so they were invited to come in and skate with the pros by themselves. We had just different sections, sessions all Friday and Saturday, and then we pulled up. Friday uh, night, trucked it over to Brooklyn, to the Brooklyn Bridge uh, Park, and parked it there, and then had kids come out and skate. Uh, Sunday. So it was a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Skating all day with the kids, and then a little bit of media and uh, parties and stuff a little bit at night. On Did it. you skate? Uh, I didn't skate, actually. Have you ever? Are you, uh, are, are you a skater, or do you just stick a, with the guitar? Yeah, I'm pretty much a music guy. I skated when I was a kid. The last uh, It's been a long time since I've skated. Skating uh, and guitaring at the same time would be impressive. That's probably going to be one of the next Olympic sports. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Skatering. Thank you. Uh, yeah, skatering. You write that down. We uh, we can. You heard it here first. <laughs> exactly. We'll do the documentary and, and everything. Maybe last. <laughs> and, and that's and that was end of all their careers. Um, and and so with 
you know, with a brand like that, and like it sounds awesome, right? Like it's it's an amazing accomplishment to have done what you just did, especially despite all the hurdles we just talked about. Um, does a brand like Nike look for an ROI on that, or is that strictly visibility? Is it just a stunt? Because they're big enough that they can do stuff, and you don't need like people to sign up or buy things or you know take that next step in action. What were they looking to get out? of Yeah, it? exactly. What was their main intent? So to answer your first question. Uh, Everybody needs an ROI and everything. That's just a given. Um, the second point you made, they probably are big enough to do it. That's not for me to say. They're a pretty darn big company. But at the end of the day, what it was really designed to do uh, was a give back to the community. It's celebrating a day, Nike and particularly the action group. Um, you know, there's a day designated, Go Skateboarding Day, the 21st, I think it was this year, if I'm not mistaken, June. Uh, and it was an opportunity to say, hey, we're into this. We support this. We recognize it. Just like they treat their sk- action sports athletes, uh, they like to do their basketball players or baseball players or golfers, you know. They, they put everybody on the same field. Anybody's an athlete's an athlete, irrespective of the sport. So it was an opportunity to bring them out, give back to the community, show the kids that they are behind skateboarding and celebrating this day in a way that no other brand really has. Right. And in an authentic way, too. But again, not only the skaters that came out, the local kids and the pros and the local uh, skate community, but, but utilizing those uh, those skate parks, you know, that they say, hey, remember when we used to be able to go over at the WAMU, the, the old Washington Mutual place, or the, you know, Brooklyn Banks, or these different areas. It, it was, it was a, it was a real give back. So right. you, 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 they weren't making money on it. We weren't we weren't launching or p- pushing a product either. You know, in that particular case. So um, yeah, no, that's, that's that's great because it, it's always it's always interesting. You know, that's always one of the the balances in the conversation when you're in the room with with some of these individuals and some of the the clients is like, oh, that sounds great. How do we convert? You know, it's always sort of what's the next step. But you know, if it is a give back play and there's that publicity that there's that PR side to it and it's always like sort of a a win-win anyway but also how did you uh, what was the idea for getting the word out so to get the kids that are in different boroughs and everything else to know that this was going on what was the strategy there and was that mainly Nike that was doing that or was it you guys that was doing that well, Nike obviously has a relationship with a lot of the uh, athletes, number one. Number two, they have their product in a lot of the core skate shops in the different communities. We had Five Borough and a couple of uh, other skate shops that they already have relationships with. So so there's that community outreach via the skate shops, uh, social media. Uh, there was no... Uh, media buy for it you know there's no tv commercials or everything in fact when we went to get the permits and all that and there was concern about how many people would be coming down to see this and safety and all that um you know it was like okay well we're not going to use any tra- traditional uh, advertising means it'll be strictly social media word of mouth and that's what it was we had and aimed at the core primarily uh well it was for you know we, we we start with the core uh the skate shops but then the word goes out to everybody who's invited it was yeah. completely the mass there must have been several so it's just kind of it's just an event spots. right like it's just like this is going to be cool to go day. to yeah. I don't care if you skate Giving or not. Out t-shirts, water bottles, skate decks. You know, you come and get some stuff to help you skate. Great funds, New York summer events. It was it was wonderful so, nope. and visually stunning. We had a little uh, a drone cam- red camera flying oh, over sweet. the thing. Taken. There's some video on the website on the on the B Core website and on our Facebook page. You can catch which it. Which is cool. dot com. And then what happens with the skateboards? You just push it off into the water and like in, in the. <laughs> We're done. already in the water, so we didn't have to do that. Uh, you know, we uh, donated portions of it to to, to live at some uh, spa- spaces in New York. So some of it was concrete, custom built on the thing, couldn't be lifted up and taken up. But those that were were donated to the city. That's sweet. Um, and so, like, just 
a brief list of like what are other clients that you worked with? Are, are you guys specifically focused in the action sports arena? Do you get into women's fashion? Like well, how broad is the spectrum? I get into women's fashion. That's a personal question. Uh, <laughs> Don't we, we all? <laughs> we I take a cue from J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, we started out in the action wow. sports, but we don't just stay there. So Red Bull Energy Drink was one of our first clients. We work with Nike. We work with Xbox uh, and other Microsoft properties as well, including Bing, um, Columbia Sportswear, Target, Sonos. Uh, our, our, it's so funny. My dad was a barber, and I used to have hair down to the middle of my back when I was a kid. <laughs> We're a marketing company who you rebel you didn't even market ourselves very much. It was. Our growth has been the byproduct of the growth of our partners and then word of mouth. Somebody saw, hey, I saw what you did for Nike. That's pretty dope. Can you do something for us over here? And that's really kind of how it's grown from, like I said, just the two of us and just three of us in his garage to, to – 32, 33 of us now. We just opened a little office in uh, in New York because of the Nike East Coast business we've been doing there. We just finished doing something at the U.S. Open of tennis uh, for Nike as well. Um, so, yeah, banks, it really doesn't matter. I, I will say that, uh, you know, we buy into the the brand as well. So, like, we were recently approached, well, it's been a couple of years now, by a tobacco company. And I just was like, you know, I really don't want to market tobacco. I used to smoke for a number of years. I have friends that smoke. I'm not passing I guess I am passing judgment. I don't want to market cigarettes, right. and so I won't do that. You know, there's some things we will and won't do. But that's a good. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, you know, just yeah. I think as your own personal brand with uh, as the agency, you know, you have to set your boundaries, right? Because there are. I mean, I, I, there's a, a brother of a, a really good friend of mine who is a lawyer for one of the you know the for big tobacco, and it's just kind of like, yee, like really, like do you do you want to do that? So you know where like. Where does that sort of um, where the, where do you set the parameters? Really, the parameters are with your own uh, moral compass, such as it is. So, uh, I don't put up any necessary roadblocks. I don't have a sign on a website that says "Don't call if you do this or that." Really, when the opportunity arises, like what are we doing? What is the ask? All right, I, I'm behind that. Uh, you know, I I I, I use a PC. Uh, because Microsoft gives me business, and I, I appreciate that, so I'm going to give them business. You hear that, as Microsoft? Well, uh, you know, I won't buy another energy drink than Red Bull because they're loyal to me. I try and be loyal to them. So there's a little bit of that that I apply in our, our, uh, you know, our, 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 all of our people that work for us. We 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 give back to those as well. So right. we, we really buy into it. We we learn about it so that when we're out there marketing it, we know a lot about it. And and it's and again, it goes back to authenticity. Yeah, well, that's important. You know, I always look at like that. Ability to have a vested interest in your clients and not just be in it for either the sake of the idea or the sake of the business or like, oh, now we can, you know, we can put this in our portfolio and everyone else will see it. It's, it's kind of, you know, I think as marketers, we always take, and even as producers, you, you take a crash course in the subject matter and you live and breathe that for a minute. And yes, it's going to affect like how you interact with the world. So I can, I can imagine, you know, Big Tobacco versus, you know, Microsoft, right? It's like what you have to live and breathe every day. No pun, no pun intended. Right. You, you wouldn't be able to. But it also goes back to what you're discussing with your, uh, about your business partner, about learn, knowing how strong your foundation is. And once you, once your foundation is so strong, you can pop to other possibilities and other opportunities. If you don't know what you're talking about, you can't say, oh, like this in a meeting, like what if we did this instead? Because you don't know the brand, you don't know the audience as well. And you can't help your client that well. I think it's a terrible mistake to assume that you know the, a new brand. When a client approaches us, everybody goes online, you start Googling it, you, you, you draw some conclusions, right, based on the information that's out there. It's been my experience that some brands 
have defined what they stand for. I've received a brief that says, this is what we are about. And I'm, lo- I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, wow, because as a consumer, I don't agree with that at all. Right. And right. so I, I, I stop myself and question myself, am I wrong? Well, at the end of the day, the customer is always right. Uh, you know, it's imperative that you know who you are and that stays in your message so that the consumer knows if you if you're trying to build brand loyalty it's got, it's got to be transparency there they got to buy into it this day and age of people aren't listening to the doctor on the commercial anymore going smoking Paul Malls is better for you than Winston or whatever right? right we trust our peers we you know the information age has allowed us to make better informed decisions so it's completely flipped the whole marketing thing on its ear which is why experiential is receiving such a massive boom and in interest right now because it's about here try this on taste this sit in this drive it you know Know, play this instrument, whatever that is. We're, we're right there letting people see it for themselves and not just putting up funny anecdotal charts and this right. and that trying to convince people to buy our product because yeah. a celebrity said to. Or, I mean, you mentioned that there's this, I mean, there is a renaissance and a resurgence, I think, excuse me, with, um, I had too much Red Bull myself, actually, <laughs> um, with, you know, this whole idea of digital interaction can only take you so far, right? Like if you're selling clothes, yes, Blue Fly does well, Guilt Group does well, but at the end of the day, I want to go, I want to see and feel that's that shirt before. That's transaction also. That's not even interaction. Exactly, that's exactly. And it's, you know, oh, it's only five bucks. I'll get it. It's, it's almost microtransactional when you yeah. look at the, the, the amount of discounts you're getting. Indeed. But, you know, um, there are these opportunities to be cr- super creative and, you know, working with a guilt group and like, hey, bring all your brands to this space for, you know, four days and we're going to do a pop-up shop and allow people to, to really just, Again, dive deep and and have a a more than a a touch screen relationship with you know with with the with the brand. I agree. And on the flip side, though, uh, let's face it, everybody is connected digitally right. uh, all the time. You know, I mean, I, we have rules in our household because it's just too much, right? So what we try to do is take this physical. I'm sorry. Hold on. I need to check this text message. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'm playing words with friends while we're talking, anyways. Um, I'm, I'm also I want to develop this app called Socializing with Friends. Uh, you hit the button and it shuts your phone off for an hour. Look for it; it'll be really interesting. So, nice. w- what we what we try to do is we take this physical opportunity to bring people together to share in an experience. That's that's why we call it experiential. I create experiences, right? That's what we remember uh, an experience that stays with us. And then we use the digital media to sort of amplify it. And, and can we engage people? Sometimes you can, you know, whether it's uh, online submitting or communicating back and forth or sharing it or streaming it. So there's ways to get to a bigger audience. Sure. No one can talk to 100,000 people uh, or uh, half a million people live and have a very effective kind of one-on-one. So we try and take that intimacy of, of the live experience that we're creating and then share it digitally and keep that sort of 360-degree loop going. And right. that's a big challenge, too, because like you said, there's so many niched specialists of who's doing what. We try and find, we're trying to still build that thing that just makes sense and feels organic and natural that brings it all together and gives it a little bit of shelf life, a little bit of pre, pre-event pre buildup, then you're at the event doing it, and then what's happening post-event? Keep that storytelling going. Right. That's kind of the map we try to follow. Yeah, and then capture and continue communicating with those individuals. Um, so when I, when I look at your LinkedIn, I, uh, I see a long list of recent accolades where, you know, your 2012, can, is it con or can? There, there's always a debate. Are you French? Are you... 
Are you not French? I pronounce it con. Okay, so yeah, I con. So you want a con, con, can you? But you have to put your pinky up on your. Screen. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I actually I'm doing it, everybody. Uh, con Lion Award winner, um, X Award winner, Summit Creative Award, Summit International Award. The list kind of goes on and on, um, which is awesome. And yes, God bless you for that. Thank you. It's been a real <laughs> surprise. Actually. Um, and uh, but you guys kind of have a cheat. Right, like yeah, there's this group Y thing that you're involved in, um, and it's not it's not a real cheat, you guys. That all three listeners who out there just heard that. Um, no, my mom. yes, exactly. Not not even for me, not even right. my mom. Um, but no, so tell us about group Y and and what that group is and and your involvement in it. And, okay. and uh, uh, so Mark Sperling uh, was a friend of mine, headed up group Y a few years back, which was basically. Um, and I really don't want to speak for him because I'm recently just joined Group Y. I'll just speak for him here. Uh, and I'll even use his voice and I'll give him a, an accent. <laughs> now, uh, he, you know, wanted to sort of bridge the gap between um, young, uh, successful, entrepreneurial spirited uh, individuals and the consumers who ultimately ended up, you know, using the product and following the product, uh, sort of in music and fashion and sports. I mean, I think he worked for Live Nation. He's worked for everybody in the world. So he had all these contacts with the music industry and fashion and sport. And so it was always his dream to say, let's just bring some of these cats together that, you know, whether it's Mark Echo or Bobby Hundreds and these people that started these brands and, and, and at one point were just youngsters who had a great idea and a vision and, and, and hope and just sort of made something happen out of it. And let them share that with the next generation. And it's, it's, we're always, celebrities always dangled in front of us. We feel like we know them. We get to see them all the time online and on TV. But we don't. Here in town. (laughs) And, you know, there's, but, but really, you don't get access to them. Uh, You know, these beautiful TED conferences and whatnot. Who gets to get a chance to go to those? It's expensive. So we put this idea together, get these people in an affordable and intimate uh, uh, atmosphere, an opportunity to share ideas, hear their stories. A lot of times you go to conventions and nobody really wants to pull back the curtain and let you see what's really going on. So you get a lot of fluff and you, you know, you, you, maybe paid some money to go there. Do I really get anything useful that can come out of here? Sometimes there's little tidbits here and there. But right. what, his, what Group Y does is really just sort of lay it out there. It's very transparent. Here's how this guy did this, and he's going to tell a story, and afterwards come out, and let's wrap out and talk about it. And so it's networking and education and um, kind of just surrounding youth marketing in particular and brand building. How many people usually attend? It, it, it's, it is an annual, it's an annual event, and then... So actually now there's more than annual. We do... Well, so so there was a hiatus, and I joined after they came out of a hiatus. So there's a couple of years where, where they weren't doing these events. So we recently joined with the Agenda Show, which is a, yeah. a, a kind of surf apparel, right? And Long Beach, we we did a, a panel there. We also helped Aaron with Agenda do a panel show for his people, too. So we did two shows there, something in New York, something in Vegas. Uh, we're going to Aspen here in September. So it's it's just building right now. We're kind of just creating it as we go, and and it's just you know seasonal and what's topical and who are the people that are making news and who do we have access to and how can we bring it to the common folk, and so yeah, there's there probably be a dozen events this year. And it happens in well the, the so it happened periodically. There was a big one in June, July, June, 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 yeah. 
June, July, one of the I, I one of the J months, January. Exactly. Um, no, it ended in a Y. <laughs> as most of them do. Um, what was one surprising takeaway? This is a good segue. I'm I'm so good sometimes. Uh, no, <laughs> into like w- the theme of innovation crush. Like what you know, what did either from that event and spe- specifically, or just in general, like what is one takeaway you you walked away with? Like oh my gosh, that was beautiful. You know. I think that's a great question, and I, I, I might go home after this uh, and think of several different answers. <laughs> being put on the spot right now, one of the things that really impressed me, all the speakers did, but Mark Echo came out, and he used Biggie's song about the Ten Commandments of selling crack. When He just he, he used the lyrics of the song and applied it to building a brand, yeah. and it was so fascinating to me, A, that you know, it, it came from an authentic place. Guy likes music and he likes big and he used it, you know, and, and, and all of us, are who, who, most everybody I know, music just influences our lives, particularly, you know, when you're young and you're, you're influenced by things that stays with you, it impacts how you think about things. So he took this down and this approach to selling crack on the street. But he applied it to business, and it all made such beautiful sense. It was amazing That's to great. me. So it's I like the Moses the fact, of crack, right? <laughs> I love that he, you know, true to his roots, told a great story, used a really entertaining medium, and uh, came across as just real genuine. I mean, right. it wasn't. It, it was entertaining and interesting, but it wasn't overproduced and and, and fake. Uh, on the flip side, Bobby Hundreds uh, came out and talked about his story. You know, he stand for something. And it wasn't polished, but it was uh, genuine. And, right. and and I felt, you know, like people in there could say, hey, I can relate to what this guy is saying. I was not using highfalutin words or whatever. And it's real practical, and I get it. That story, right, that's relatable, and I could take something away. And I, I guess I really appreciate the sort of unfiltered, unpolished, raw delivery of information. Yeah. That's good, and and one that was re- really well thought out, right? Like you've got you've got Indeed. both sides of it, and you know is really good, at least from, and, and as an observer, or you're you're there to learn something or take away, and, and and like you said, it's kind of being authentic to who you are. Like you said, he likes music, and he came out and really put something really creative together. Exactly. And then the other one was like, you know what? I kind of maybe I fly a little bit more by the seat of my pants. And, with some guided direction, right? Yeah, I don't even want to say it was that much of a difference, yeah. but 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 clearly they had their own personality, and, right? Exactly, and, and, and that because they had their own story, but it wasn't that typical, you know, jock interview at the end of the game. Well, we just try to right. get the ball through the goal, you know. That, you can take a thousand <laughs> of those interviews; they all sound the same. Like thing, my team, right? Hi, mom. Hi, yeah, mom. right. <laughs> so that's what I liked about it. It was like, and, and this real desire to share. You know, the '80s of everybody wanting to make this is mine and keep out. I, I'm not saying that's dead completely, but there was a sense of, hey, I'm I'm happy I made it, and I. I, I you know, Bobby Hundred said, look, 85% of you won't make it. That's just a factual reality. But maybe you think you want to build a brand. Maybe you really don't because what it really takes, you don't know yet because you haven't done it. But, but what it does take is commitment, perseverance, and time and, and all these things that he spoke right. about. So he wasn't even putting him down by saying, you know, 80% will fail. There's just a reality that you may not really realize what you want. You may think this is what you want. You may not. But um, – uh, but it was encouraging. It was like, hey, we're we're happy. We want people to succeed. We're happy yep. to pass the torch and not sit up in our little ivory tower and counting di- dollars, you know. But it also feels down. like they were demystifying the process in a way and also showing that there are different paths as opposed to like when I went through business school back in 
Hades. Um, you know, there's always like, <laughs> here's what you do. You go to this school, you meet this person, you get hired by this person. It's always, yeah. this is the path and these are the steps you take. But like the, the landscape that we're in now where there are no more rules, it's the wild, wild west in terms of how you make your brand. Who, what is your brand and how you get to your audience? They're saying there's a bunch of different paths and I feel like that's a message that needs to get out there more. The whole idea of like, it's the Bushido warriors, like, you know, fail, try, fail, try again. Yeah. And what I love about what you're saying that this uh, Group Y does is that it's showing that there are a bunch of different paths and it may not work out well, but there are different ways to go about getting your uh, brand out there. Uh, absolutely. And, and the other thing I took away from it was um, there's an assumption that success means, oh, you made a lot of money. You know, and that's right. that's what made that what, this guy's successful. Look, he sold his business for a billion dollars or whatever. But you know, for these guys, it was about hey, I want to be heard. Uh, I want to put some art on T-shirts and have people see it, or or, or whatever it is that your your yeah. brand is. Um, I care about it. I'm into it. I think I have cool ideas. I want people to see it and like it. That's where it all started yeah. from. It was it was not necessarily about the hustle. Going, I'm going to make money at this. Right. A lot of these guys didn't make money. Yeah. And on the flip side, you had Johnny Cupcakes, who was selling. His story was so incredibly funny. He's selling T-shirts at junior high and making you know thousand right. dollars on an eighty dollar investment or whatever. Uh, but he was a wacky ma- magician, you know, and he just liked doing stuff and making T-shirts. And uh, it's so funny, you know. He closed his his, his story with. Johnny Cupcakes who makes t-shirts he wants to open up a shop called Johnny T-shirts that sells cupcakes <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does that's funny yeah no I, you know I, I always say that a lot of a lot of that is about acknowledgement everybody just wants to be acknowledged that's why social media to me works especially when brands enter it in an authentic way you know it's like the, the back to the skate park we are acknowledging you and we're going to build this amazing experience uh, like oh that's what I like you know and even if you're building a business most times it's I just want to be acknowledged for my effort and my interest and whatever minor successes I may have had and if that continues to grow great but at the meantime it's like I need that pat on the back to go alright cool like I'm, I feel Guess who? Guess who retweeted me? Yeah, you know, is, is that is that momentum that people need? And you're also providing the information in the setting by which you can dive a little bit deeper. I would agree with that. Um, I have one more uh, really interesting question. Um, not even a question, but it's uh, kind of an opportunity for you to fill in the blank on something. So just take a deep breath, relax. It's uh, uh, it's really easy. Innovation to me is innovation to me is uh, tied to evolution. Um, It is uh, improving on what is now. That's what I associate with innovation. I mean, I know the word itself sort of is like new and undone perhaps, but for me it's uh, it's about just a constant uh, evolution. You're never just kind of sitting in one space or accepting something. it's 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 always it's always striving for betterment, really, and it right. can apply to a number of things, not just a thing or a concept. Um, in in light of Robert, my my uh, co-host, who's usually uh, here and who's out, one question he always asks everyone is, uh, "What is your favorite quote?" Or do you have one? Yeah, I have a lot. You know, when I walked into the studio and I see all the art on the walls, it reminds me of my office. My office is a, a, a collage of of directors and writers and performers and 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 you know I, I, Charles Bukowski had, had one uh let me let me now I'm put, being put on the spot I'm <laughs> that's okay what you're at he uh, said something about uh, the free spirit 
uh, a free spirit is you don't know really what defines a free spirit, but you know when you find one because you feel really good around them. Something to that effect. Right. I apologize for not knowing it very well, but it was one. Don't worry, I don't know it either. So you sounded great to me. I'm I'm very poetic. I'll tweet it out and botch it. Send it to you. (laughs) I take credit for it while you're at it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I don't know if you have any questions for me or Diana, but you know, I I don't. I'm just honored that you asked me to be here. We're happy to to come by and make sure to to hear some of the other speakers as well. I'm thankful that you made it. So, uh, thank you, everybody. This has been another installment of Innovation Crush. Um, Be sure to tune in to the next one. By the way, where can people reach you, uh, Kelly? Uh, Where can on they the find World you Wide on the web? www.bcore.com. That's b e c o r e.com. We're also on Facebook, obviously, and we're located in downtown Los Angeles with an office in New York and Michigan. So just drop by. No, just yeah, <laughs> give me a beer. All right, thank you, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. Bye. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and 3 comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.